we have a lot to cover. Uh, I know I say that every week, and uh, I mean it every week. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 13. Uh, we have been in the book of John for 32 weeks. I was got opportunity to say, wow, 32 weeks. We've been in the book of John for 32 weeks. It's crazy. Uh, we, are, we are more than half of a year in the book of John. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but each and every single week, uh, as we just look at what John's gospel has to say in our sermon series titled, I Saw the Light, uh, I know myself, uh, God speaks to me through his word, uh, he's revealing truth every single week, uh, and I'm just so excited uh, for what he has uh, for us in the weeks and uh, the months to come. Uh, I think I said it, it was about week 10, that I said, be ready, because we're going to be in the book of John for over 60 weeks, and uh, we're well on our way to meeting that goal. Uh, and so, we're going to go verse by verse tonight, looking at what uh, chapter 13 of the book of John has to say. Before we do so, I just want to go over a few things. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, which I would encourage you to do, um, the title of tonight's message uh, is The Secrets to a Crazy Radical Life. Uh, you came to church tonight. Uh, to hear from God's Word, and God's Word is going to give you the secrets uh, to a crazy, radical life. Uh, no one wants to, uh, let's be honest, when, when, when I think about life, when, when I think about the way I want to live my life, and I've talked to many of you and the way you guys want to live your lives, I don't think any of us want to live lives uh, of non-significance. I don't think any of us want to live an insignificant life where when we pass, uh, no one really knows we're gone, I think each and every single one of us, at some level in our lives, we want to have some significance. We want to have some uh, richness that we leave behind so that when we die, people stop and be like, man, you know what? I miss such and such. And, and, and uh, people will remember some of the things that we've done. And so how do we get this significance? Uh, how do we find significance in life? How do we find uh, the ways in which to live a life that is full of significance? Well, if I were just to ask the question and we weren't at a Bible study, I think many, many opinions would arise. Uh, I think if we were to go around the room right now and I were to say, all right, each person, you have five seconds. Uh, how do you live a life of significance? We'd probably have a lot of different answers. Uh, and some of them would probably be good answers. Some of them we might think are good, but might actually not be that good. Uh, there's been many people who have uh, had opinions on this. Uh, I heard one time, uh, I asked someone, I said, you know, how do you live a life of significance? And they said, I kid you not, this was their answer, uh, make a bucket list and cross everything off. That's a significant life. Uh, I said, I don't know about that, but okay, let's go with it. <laughs> Nike, Nike tells us to just do it, so whatever you feel like, just do it, because it's a good idea. Uh, I don't know if that's always great. Uh, how many of you guys watch the Travel Channel? Yeah, am I, am I weird? I watch the Travel Channel? Okay, that's awesome. Uh, like, cool beaches, you know? Uh, no, there was this channel, I mean, uh, there was a show on the Travel Channel, oh, probably five years ago. It was like a thousand places to visit before you die, or a thousand places to see before you die. Anyone else see that? Awesome, I'm not the only one. Um, so, I guess one way to have a significant life is to get a certain amount of percentage of those off your list. And if any of you can visit all 1,000, that's pretty impressive. Uh, how many of you guys have ever had dreams of what your future could hold, right? Yeah, uh, all different things, all different formulas. Maybe if we combined all these together, uh, this would be uh, a way for us to live a life of significance, a way of us to leave uh, a legacy. Uh, but what is the secret to having an epic life? Is it success? Is it 
uh, making money? Is it landing the job of your dreams? Is it uh, having a big family? Is it having a, a big house, a big car? Is it being able to just take vacation time uh, and go all over the world? Uh, how do we define success? How do we define uh, this life? What is a secret uh, to a crazy radical life? Well, John is going to tell us here in chapter 13 what Jesus has to say, the secret uh, to a radical, crazy life is, um, and it's 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 all about being a servant. Jesus is going to tell us and show us uh, in chapter thirteen in the first seventeen verses uh, what it means to truly be a servant, uh, and how this is how we can attain uh, a life of significance. Um, I was thinking the other day. Uh, I'm a nerd, like I really am. Uh, if if you know me well, if you spent a lot of time with me, you know uh, I'm just I kind of nerd out over little things, you know. Uh, like, did anyone else see that this morning uh, Sony and Marvel uh, decided on who's going to play the new Spider-Man in, in the Marvel movies? Yeah, it's like official. Uh, some British kid, he's like 18, it's pretty cool. It's going to be awesome. But uh, like, okay, what does that have to do with the sermon? Nothing. Except for the fact that uh, celebrities, uh, uh, if, if you watch like the credits of a movie, um, I, I encourage you, watch the credits of a movie. Uh, and as it starts getting way down in the credits, you're going to start seeing like, Assistant to Robert Downey Jr., assistant to the assistant of Robert Downey Jr., uh, assistant number two, to, like and like these these really famous people. They have all these people who serve them, who wait on them, uh, like cater to Robert Downey Jr. How cool would it be if you had a personal cater who like followed you around like in a food cart and was like, hey, you know what, Sam, will you? You want a hot dog today? I got one for you. What do you want on it? I mean, those are cool things, like to have people following you. Is that a way we can have success? I don't know. Uh, Jesus is, says it's not about being served, but it's about serving. Uh, and this is how um, we can have a life uh, that is crazy radical uh, and crazy significance. If you're taking notes, the first point of tonight's message is uh, a rich lesson. Number one is a rich lesson, uh, and it's a lesson that Jesus is going to teach us here uh, as we spend the next few moments looking at what his word has to say. This is what it says in verse 13, uh, I mean verse 1 of chapter 13. Y'all there? Your Bibles? John chapter 13? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone not there say, hold up? Hold up. All right. Hustle, hustle. All right, here we go. This is what it says. <laughs> chapter 1, verse 13 of the Gospel of John. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after that he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you uh, so much for the opportunity that we have each and every single week, uh, God, to, to come on a Tuesday night and to study your word, to see what your word has to say to us, to see how your word speaks to us. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, as, as Americans uh, in, in a Western civilized world, God, where we have the ability and the availability to pick up a Bible in almost any bookstore. God, we can go to Dollar Tree and pick up a, a dollar Bible uh, written in our own language. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be able to read your word so freely. Uh, God, I pray that we would not take that for granted. Uh, God, that it wouldn't just be on a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning uh, that we pick up our Bibles, blow the dust off, and study it, but then put it on the shelf until the next Bible study. God, I pray that we would be students of your word in our daily lives, God, and in all that we do. 
God, we would seek to, to, to be in alignment with what your word has to say. Uh, God, as you reveal your will, as you reveal truth to us through your word, God, uh, I, I, I pray that we would saturate ourselves in your word, God, that your word would be uh, in our hearts and it would be on our tongue, God, that we would speak uh, the truth of your word. God, tonight we pray that your word would speak the truth to us, God, and that we would be changed from the inside out uh, by your spirit, God. We pray that your word would encourage us and inspire us. Uh, God, we pray that your word would challenge us, uh, God, that we would leave this place different uh, than when we came in, God, uh, more, uh, God, more ready uh, to go be your hands, to be your feet to the world, God, to, to show your love. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, God, and we just pray that tonight, God, as your word pierces us, God, that we would, uh, um, God, that our heart's motives would be for the things of you. God, I pray none of these would be my words. Uh, God, that you would speak through, uh, speak through me, God. Um, anything that would be of me, God, may it fall on deaf ears or I may not even be able to get it out of my mouth. But God, that your perfect word would come through. Um, God, any distractions of this week that we may have, God, we lay those aside. Uh, and, and, and we invite you to just speak to us uh, through your word, God. Convict us um, of our sin, um, God. And, and may we in all things, uh, God, seek to make great the name of Jesus with everything we do. So, God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's saints said, Amen. 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 Chapter 13 uh, puts us in a place... Uh, in the narrative of John and in, in, in the story of Jesus' life, uh, it's, it's a very unique place. You see from uh, the time chapter 13 starts uh, to the time that Jesus uh, is murdered upon the tree, put upon the cross at Calvary, uh, this is going to be 24 hours from this point. Um, Jesus here sitting at the Passover feast, uh, talking with his disciples. Uh, we are 24 hours away uh, from Jesus uh, being on a tree and breathing his last breath. Um, and so there's a lot jam-packed uh, here in the next few weeks uh, that Jesus is going to say um, as he's getting to the end of his life. Um, as we see in all the Gospels, times, time begins to slow down. Uh, as we get closer to Jesus' uh, last breaths on earth, uh, and, and his important messages, the messages that he begins to tell in these moments, uh, are, are some very paramount things uh, to us as believers and to the world as a whole. Uh, and this is the theme not just in John, but in all of the Gospels. Uh, if you were to combine all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have 89 chapters. Uh, only four of those chapters uh, deal with the first 30 years of Jesus' life. So of 89 chapters, four deal with uh, the first 30 years of Jesus' life. Uh, so all the math wizards in the room know that 89 minus 4 is 85, right? Awesome. Okay, so of those 85 chapters, um, um, there are those uh, that focus uh, on the three final years uh, of Christ's life and ministry here. Uh, and of those 85, 27 of those chapters focus on the last week of Jesus' life. That means a third of all of the Gospels are focused on the last week of Jesus' ministry leading up to the cross. And it was intended and it was written this way under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, to put all the focus on Jesus uh, and what he did on the cross and his death and then in his uh, subsequent resurrection uh, and, and, and what he did for us and, and the forgiveness of our sins, the washing away uh, of, of our sin through his blood and the redemption that is there. Uh, this is the focus. Uh, it's the main focus of the Gospels. It's the main focus of the New Testament. Um, and it should be the main focus in our lives. Uh, but many people uh, in the world, 
and, and many people in church uh, don't like to talk about sin, don't like to talk uh, about uh, consequences for sin, and we just tend to focus on the happy, uh, good things there are in the Bible. And, and sadly, uh, a lot of the truth is left out, and, and, and we don't want to leave out any truth. Uh, so when we talk about uh, the consequences, the wages of sin, uh, we think sin's a very big deal, and we think it needs to be dealt with. Um, and it was dealt with uh, 2,000 years ago uh, on a cross. And so in the next few weeks, as we begin to focus on what Jesus d- uh, did, though it might not be the most popular thing there is, it is the most powerful thing. Uh, and so it's going to be our main focus. So we're going to try and tackle the next uh, eight chapters uh, of the book of John. Um, and we're going to try and do it uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, but we've got to remember, uh, all of this is taking place uh, in a 24-hour period. Um, if you want an example, a real-world example of something where you have to do it over a long duration of time that takes place in a 24-hour period, um, there was this TV show. Um, many of you might not like it. Others of you might love it. Uh, Fox put out a little while ago this TV show starring Kiefer Sutherland uh, as Jack Bauer, and the name of the TV show is 24. Anyone ever see 24? Okay, uh, it's a cool show. I kind of like it. Um, it's very unrealistic uh, at, at times. Uh, but the premise of the show is we're going to have a real lifetime show that takes place in a specific hour. And each hour of each week, there's 24 episodes, and it puts together an entire day. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing as we piece together John over the next few weeks. Uh, how many of you guys watched 24 or, or watched 24? Okay. You guys remember like at the end of like every week, it's like, you're like, this is really good. This is really good. It hasn't been on for an hour yet. And then all of a sudden it's like, bomb, bomb. Like, like it does like the, that was law and order. My bad. It does like the clock ticking, you know, and you're like, what? And then it goes to all like the different scenes. You're like cliffhanger. This is so dumb. I have to wait till next week. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of cliffhangers here in the book of John, but uh, the book of John is a lot more exciting than Jack Bauer disarming the new uh, because it's all about Jesus Christ. Uh, disarming uh, the power of hell, the power of sin, as, uh, as he's on the cross. Um, and if you wanted to follow along with the whole 24th theme, Judas, we're going to find out in just a week that Judas was a mole. Uh, and he, he, betrays, he betrays Jesus, not good. Selling the secrets uh, to the Pharisees is not a good thing. Uh, but uh, all of this is life-changing, and Jesus tells us uh, how we can live our best lives. Verse uh, 1 uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem, uh, as we saw a few weeks ago, at the time of Passover. Jerusalem is packed at this point, uh, a, a city uh, that normally only has a few hundred thousand people at this point, is bursting at the seams with over a million different people, as Josephus would tell us. Uh, and they're here for the Passover, uh, and the theme of Passover is all about forgiveness. Uh, it's about sacrifice, it's about bringing uh, a lamb. You see, people would come from all over uh, the known world. Jews from all over the known world would come. They'd buy a lamb to come to bring to the uh, the temple so that could be offered as a sacrifice uh, for their sins for the year. And it would be the blood of the lamb would atone uh, for their sins. And then they could go on, live another year, and do this repeated process over and over again. Uh, church historians and, and Jewish historians would tell us uh, that there were uh, uh, times during this, this festival where uh, there were certain parts of the temple where uh, the priests would be wading knee-high in the blood of animals, uh, very smelly situation, pretty gross situation, uh, and this is what these people would do uh, year in and year out uh, as, as what they had to do to forgive and atone of their sins. Uh, but Jesus is going to come, and he's going to show what true forgiveness is. He's going to show what ultimate sacrifice is. 
And uh, now, as Jesus uh, in verse 1 says, he knew the time was approaching. Uh, now we're going to see Jesus get his last meal. Just like those on uh, death row now, they're given the opportunity to have their final meal. Jesus gets to have his final meal. Um, and in the, in the spirit of being uh, interactive tonight, uh, some nights we're interactive, other nights we're not, I want to ask and I want to get five examples uh, from you guys. Um, this has nothing really to do with the Bible study. Uh, but if you had one last meal to eat on earth, uh, what would your last meal be? Giuseppe's pizza. Okay, Aaron says Giuseppe's <laughs> pizza. That's one. Uh, someone else's last meal? Cereal. It's cereal. What kind of cereal? <laughs> Too many. Just mix them all. Oh, just keep adding milk. I like it. All right. So we got pizza and cereal. You guys are really... Uh, yes, Sam. Barbecued elk burger. A barbecued elk burger. Now we're moving on. Yeah, this is good. Barbecue elk burger. I like it. I like it. Uh, what else do we got? Anyone? What's that? A donut kebab? I don't know what that is, but that's cool. Chicken fried steak. Yeah, you're, you're like, that's, I like you. That's awesome. That's good. Well, Jesus, Jesus doesn't decide to have anything fancy. Uh, Jesus decides to have the Passover meal. Uh, the Seder meal with, with those closest to him, the 12 disciples. Uh, and they share this last meal together. Um, and, and after the meal, they do something. And it's an it's a institution that we as the church, we do uh, on, on a very frequent basis. They established uh, what uh, church history is called the Eucharist, uh, communion, the breaking of, of the bread, uh, signifying Jesus' body being broken for us and the drinking of the wine, uh, representing Christ's blood shed for us. Uh, and so they do this, and then um, John gives us uh, a little bit more to the story than the rest of the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they tell us kind of a story that jumps straight from um, them eating the dinner uh, to communion. Uh, but John is going to give us what takes place in between uh, dinner and the breaking of bread. Uh, Luke tells us that after supper, a great dispute arose between the apostles about which of them was the greatest. Yeah, okay, so they just ate dinner with Jesus, uh, which probably would have been a really cool thing. Think of like the most important person you could eat dinner with, uh, and be like, yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. And then at that dinner, start arguing uh, with your friends about who's the best friend, like who's the greatest friend. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like, let's be honest, it sounds crazy. But definitely puts you in an awkward situation, but the reality is, as crazy as we might think this is, uh, this is the very same thing uh, that many of us do. We tend to uh, try and elevate ourselves uh, above other people, uh, sometimes uh, subconsciously, unbeknownst to ourselves. Uh, sometimes it's just because of the conditioning that we've had in life where you have to fight and strive to be the best uh, and, and let everyone know that you're the best. Be all that you can be and let them know that you are the best. Um, and, and, and Jesus, uh, as they're being just dumb, like many of us are being dumb at times. It says there at the tail end of verse 1 of chapter 13, it says, uh, He loved them to the end. Uh, other uh, translations uh, say, say he, he loved them all the way through. Uh, what Jesus is going to do is he's going to show uh, love, uh, and, and he's going to teach them a lesson, a very rich lesson, uh, about how to have a life of significance. Even when we act dumb at times, God still loves us. Uh, I think it's when we act dumb uh, that Jesus extends his love to us um, in a very big way. So many people think of God as the little kid with the magnifying glass 
uh, who's out in the garden looking at the ants and shining the sun down through the magnifying glass onto the ants and burn the ants. And people have that image of God. God just looks down at us with spite and anger and he, he burns us. And though God does have an anger uh, and a hate towards sin, he loves the sinner and, and he extends his love towards the sinner uh, when we go through these things. Verse 3 says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel uh, with which he had girded himself. Jesus does something here uh, that is completely unheard of, uh, completely culturally uh, a no-no. Jesus being the master uh, does something that the servant was supposed to do, but not just your, your, your typical servant, those who would bring you food. No, we're talking about like the lowest of the lowest in the Jewish caste system. Uh, this is like your servant to the servants. Uh, the person who the servants would say, hey, go clean the stalls. And when you're done cleaning the stalls, uh, then you go clean my clothes because even though I'm a servant, uh, you can still serve me. Jesus does what the lowliest of people were to do, and that was to wash the feet of the disciples, to wash the feet of the people who were there at the house. Uh, and you might be asking yourself, uh, what's the big deal about washing feet? Why is that important? Uh, well, culturally, this is a very big deal. Um, they didn't have really fancy shoes back in the day. Uh, they had like open-toed sandals and everything, and, and some people just walked barefoot. Um, but what's even worse than not having shoes was they didn't have su uh, sewage. Uh, or sewers, that's the word I'm looking for. And so you have uh, all your refuse out in the road, uh, the water, the trash, everything's kind of just chilling on the side of the road. It mixes with the dirt. When there's a lot of traffic, you can imagine there are millions of people in this little city right now, and there's just junk everywhere. So people's feet are getting very dirty. And it would be the custom as you were to walk into someone's house, the very first thing you would do would be to wash someone's feet. And it was the lowliest of the servants who would come uh, get their hands dirty with your foot gunk. Uh, and, and clean your feet so that the house could be clean. Uh, what's interesting about this story so far is uh, in the timeline of the evening, uh, where are we? Have they just arrived at the house? No, they just finished supper. So they'd already been in the house for a while. Uh, they've already been eating for a while, and uh, their feet had not been washed yet. Uh, and it begs the question, uh, why had their feet not been washed yet? What, what was going on here? Uh, they... They weren't expecting Jesus to do it. I mean, that'd be culturally uh, unacceptable. So uh, many people would believe, and I would believe, looking at this and deducing, the disciples began to think amongst themselves. If we look at what Luke says, who was the greatest amongst them? Uh, I bet you the disciples were arguing about uh, who's going to wash my feet tonight? Who's going to wash my feet? And I, I can just picture John and James over there, the sons of thunder, like, hey, yo, Peter and Andrew, you going to wash our feet? Like, no, man, I think Bartholomew's washing my feet. Oh, no, no, I, I ain't going to touch Bartholomew's feet. He stepped in that Bartholomew over there. And, uh, uh, and so they, they were probably having this angst one with another uh, about, well, no, that's too lowly. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But Jesus uh, shows them a rich lesson here in verses 7 through 10. If you're taking notes, the second point, the first being uh, Jesus teaches a rich, uh, a rich lesson. Uh, the second point is this. When Jesus teaches a rich lesson, uh, it gives us the risk uh, of looking bad. Uh, this is what it says in verse 7. Uh, Jesus answered and said, 
uh, or, or verse 6 says this, Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Uh, and Jesus answered and said to him, uh, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. And then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you are clean. Uh, what Peter does here is he does what many of us tend to do in situations. I know I find myself doing this all the time. Uh, I get in a situation where I don't know what to say, and I try and dodge it. I try and look around. I'm like, uh, what, what, uh, what's going on? How many of you guys have ever gotten a phone call when you uh, had slept in a little bit too much? You ever get the phone call, and your phone rings, and you think it's your alarm, and then you realize, oh, crud, I'm supposed to be meeting someone right now. Uh, and you answer the phone. Um, and I don't know why humanity has not figured this out yet, because we've had phones for, for a few decades now. Uh, it is impossible uh, to pull the wool over someone's eyes when you wake up in the morning and you answer the phone and be like, uh, hello? And what's the first like question that's asked? You're just waking up, and then our natural reaction is to say, no, 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 I've been awake for a while, right? As if the way we our morning voice works, we can convince someone otherwise. Uh, we just can't do it. Uh, but we try and dodge these situations, and we end up looking uh, kind of bad. And, 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 and we run the risk of this happening. What Jesus uh, is doing here with Peter, uh, Peter uh, says, dude, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you washing my feet? This is weird. You're my master. Jesus is like, uh, well, what I'm doing... You don't understand, but you will. And Peter's like, dude, don't wash my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you can't have any part of me. And um, so Peter already has looked bad. Uh, but what he's going to do is he, he, he's going to speak when he probably shouldn't speak. Uh, if you were in uh, at, at Hillside a few uh, months ago and we were going through Peter, Second uh, Peter, we were looking at how Peter's the kind of guy who said things uh, probably when he shouldn't have. Uh, and he tended to jump the gun a lot of the time. Uh, and Peter, uh, after already making a mistake once, makes a mistake again. And he says, oh, okay, okay, well, if you have to wash my feet, don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands, wash my head, wash my whole body. Like, I'm ready for a bath. Let's like, all right, Jesus, I want all of you. Uh, and, and Jesus is like, no, no, you don't get it. Uh, if someone's taking a bath, all they need is their feet to be clean. Um, and, and it gets a little bit confusing when you look at uh, verse 10 when Jesus says, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, uh, but is completely clean. There's a lot of washing and bathing and cleanliness being talked about here. Uh, and it can be confusing, uh, but when we realize that there's two words for wash in the Greek and they have two different meanings, uh, it's going to make a lot more sense. Uh, Jesus used that phrase, bathe, which is a Greek word uh, meaning wash, and that's a full body wash. Uh, and then he uses the, the, the whole um, cleaning his feet or washing his feet, which is a spot cleaning, uh, two different Greek words there. Uh, and, and Jesus uses these very um, distinctly uh, and, and, and for purpose, because in the culture... Um, they wouldn't have bathed every day. They didn't have running water. They didn't have hot water. They didn't have a shower or anything. So they would bathe maybe once a week, once every few weeks, or anytime you were going to someone's house for a, uh, for a big get-together, you would bathe. And so these guys uh, all would have bathed. So at this point, Peter would have taken a bath in the morning. And so Jesus is saying, dude, it's pointless for me to give you a bath. You've already had a bath today. I'm just going to wash your feet because after you 
taking a bath and you walk out in the dirty ground, all you need washed is your feet. Uh, but this is important that Jesus uses uh, these two uh, kinds of cleanings here. Um, because it's not just a physical thing, it's not just a cultural thing, but it's something, uh, I think, in our lives uh, as well. If we were to look at um, being bathed or fully clean, fully cleansed, um, this is what happens uh, when we give our heart to Jesus. Uh, when, when we say, Jesus, uh, I want you to come, be the Lord of my life, uh, and, and we give our heart to the Lord, when we are born again, when we are saved, uh, Jesus, as Titus tells us in Titus chapter 2, verse 5, uh, that we are washed, right? We are washed uh, through the word. And, and it is when we are washed uh, in the blood of Christ that we have uh, this salvation. Uh, and so salvation is a one-time thing. Uh, you don't, like, lose or misplace your salvation. Where did it go? Oh, I need a bath again. No, you've already been washed. Um, but that second wash, that spot cleaning, that's something that has to happen uh, I know in my own life, uh, on a daily basis, uh, where, where we have to say, you know what, Jesus, uh, I know you've cleansed me of all unrighteousness, but uh, I still sin, uh, and I need you to continually uh, wash me and wash my feet. And I think this is what Jesus is telling uh, his disciples, uh, and, 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 and the picture he's painting with his disciples is that uh, a life of, of serving is also a life of submitting uh, to the Lord. Uh, we walk in a very dirty world, uh, and, and so we are in need of Jesus uh, to wash us. Uh, the longer we sit uh, in the world, the worse it gets. Uh, and so Jesus wants to wash us uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and, and how does he wash us? Well, through his word, being in God's word, being in prayer, uh, spending time rubbing elbows uh, with other believers, uh, spending time in worship, um, and, and just being in communion with the Father. Um, he can clean us and, and, and wash us. Um, so Jesus teaches these guys a rich lesson, and we're going to get to that rich lesson here, uh, the, the, the full crux of the lesson in just a second. Uh, he, he also gives us the opportunity and, and the risk of looking bad for uh, the third point, which is uh, the right way to lead in this life, uh, the way to lead a life of significance, uh, and, and this is through service. Let's read what it says here. Uh, in verses 13 through 17. It says this, You call me teacher and Lord, and I say, uh, and, and you say, well, uh, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Um, Jesus uses a phrase there at the end, uh, blessed are you if you do them. Uh, Christianity uh, and following Christ is not a spectator sport. It's, 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 it's not something where we can just sit on the sidelines and see uh, what the great names in Christianity are doing. Uh, man, Paul, he was a good guy. John, he was a good guy. And we just sit by and we say, all right, Jesus, thanks for washing me. Thanks for saving me. Now I'm just going to see what goes on. No, um, Christianity is, is um, a doing thing. It's an active uh, faith. It's an active relationship with God. It's not just sitting back and seeing how things end up. Uh, Jesus says, hey, I washed your feet and I'm your master. Uh, and if your master can wash your feet, I'm pretty sure you can wash each other's feet and you can wash those around you's feet. And I want to pose the question to you. Um, when was the last time you washed someone's feet? 
When was the last time uh, you washed someone's feet? Has anyone in the room ever washed someone's feet before? Okay, okay. So, so, so a few of us have washed someone's feet. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to go wash someone's feet. Um, though I believe this is very literal, and I think uh, Jesus is saying it's good for us to go wash people's feet, uh, I also see uh, the big part of it, serving others, uh, getting down in the dirt and serving others. Uh, if you want to wash someone's feet, I think that's a great thing. Uh, and, and I think it's following what Jesus says, and, and there's examples uh, and opportunities for us to do that on a weekly basis. Do you guys know there's opportunities for you to go wash feet on a weekly basis? Uh, there, there's a great ministry here in Portland uh, that meets on Thursday nights down under the Burnside Bridge. Uh, it's, it, it's Bridgetown Ministries. They do night strike, and there's an opportunity for you to wash uh, the feet of people who are less fortunate than you. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I've done it, and I've done it many times, and it is very, very humbling uh, to get down uh, and to take someone's shoe off, take someone's sock off. Uh, you don't know where they've been. Uh, you can kind of smell where they've been uh, and, and to begin to wash someone's feet. Uh, and something takes place when you do this. And, and I, I wouldn't even talk about this tonight. Um, but, but something takes place when you do that. And uh, it, it, the humbling experience that you have uh, as you do it uh, and you allow just the Lord to, to, to speak through you uh, and, 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 and to move through as you do it. Uh, I, I will tell you I have had many great conversations uh, while washing someone's feet. Uh, I graduated from foot washing, though, a few years ago um, to, to fingernail painting. Uh, and uh, meet some pretty cool people uh, painting their fingernails as well, uh, guys and girls. Um, and, uh, but serving people and, and, and people who are um, at the same level, I guess, in, in our Western world we have levels. I don't think in God's kingdom there's levels. Uh, but uh, serving people who are less fortunate, uh, serving people who are more fortunate. Uh, something happens when we serve uh, people, when we lay ourselves aside uh, and, and, and we humble ourselves and we are servants. Uh, I think God does something to us, uh, not only at, at a spiritual level, but at an emotional level and a physical level. You name it, God does something in our lives when we serve. And here's the thing, this is what he says here in these verses. He says, if you've seen me do it, uh, you also ought do it. Uh, for I have given you an example. Um, it's not very often we see Jesus use those words, I've given you an example. Uh, more often than not, we just see the example written into the story. But at this point, Jesus says, I have given you an example. Um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I'm pretty sure when Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, I think that's a good idea. Uh, and when Jesus, uh, word for word, says, I've given you an example, I think that's a pretty good uh, indicator and a pretty good instruction to each and every single one. Uh, let's do what Jesus did because he said, I'm giving you an example of what to do. Right after that, he says that you should do it what I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, um, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than uh, he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you when you do them. Here's the cool thing about serving. Uh, Jesus says when we serve one another, uh, we're blessed. We're blessed. What do those blessings look like? Do those blessings look like uh, success? Do those blessings look like a big house? Do they look like a big car? Do they look like a great family? Do they look like a lot of money? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. But if we're chasing after that success, uh, I think we're doing it for the wrong reasons. If we're doing it to serve people because Jesus said serve people, uh, I, 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 I think... He blesses us and he rewards us uh, in the secret. Um, 
the word of God tells us in Proverbs that he who lends to the poor lends to the Lord. Uh, I think it's pretty cool to have the opportunity to give uh, to God, not only just in my life, but, but, but in my time and in my talents and in my treasure, and, and see just what God will do in and through me. Because I think if we all were honest with ourselves, it's going back to the very same way we opened this. Uh, we don't want to live a life of non-significance. Um, I think if we were to go around the room uh, and I were to say, hey, if you were to die uh, today uh, and you were to be buried and you had a gravestone, and it said whatever your birth date was and whatever your expiration date was, that line in the middle, uh, how would you want that dash to be uh, defined? Would it just be, oh, well, this is someone who lived. Uh, you know, they were kind of about themselves. They didn't do anything too great. Uh, or would you want it to be something like, yeah, this person loved people. This person cared for people. They did some pretty amazing things. And then the testimony of the friends would be, yeah, they did amazing things, but it wasn't for them, it was they were doing these things because of the Lord who was working in and through them, and it was for the glory of the Lord. And I, and I think when we live the lives uh, that have the significance that's not earthly significance, that's not secular significance, but it is significance that comes from the Father when he says, you see me do these things, so you do these things, and if you know them and you do them, I will bless you. Uh, I, I think that's how in our lives uh, we can have uh, significance, how we can have success when we uh, receive that honor from the Lord and that blessing from the Lord when he says, well done, uh, my good and faithful uh, servant. Um, Jesus said the greatest amongst you will be the servant of all. Um, I, I think that's very important. Uh, I don't think we should strive uh, to be the greatest so we just serve by default. I think that's the wrong heart. Uh, I think we should strive to be a servant uh, and then God, our Father, uh, will reward us openly both here uh, and in heaven and, and, and I think uh, if, if you're someone who wants to live uh, a life of meaning if you're someone who wants to leave behind a legacy I think one of the greatest legacies that you can leave behind is a legacy uh, of service of serving uh, serve your family how, how many of you guys got brothers and sisters yeah uh, serve your brothers and sisters how many of you got mom and dads serve your parents uh, cousins Serve your cousins. Uh, how many of you guys have classmates? You go to school. Uh, have you ever thought about serving your classmates? I mean, I went to college. I know what college is like. I went to a big college. Uh, and I mean, my graduating class was over 6,000 people. There was a lot of people where I went to college. Uh, and you kind of just go through the day. You see someone like drop their binder or a pen. It's kind of like, yeah, I got to get to class. And you just go. But have you ever thought about saying, hey, you know what? I can stop what I'm doing, and they drop their stuff. I'm going to help them pick it up. Sometimes they say thank you. Other times they don't. Sometimes they say, well, that was really nice of you. But it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, yeah, uh, I'm just here to serve you. Like, if there's anything you need, just let me know. And I mean, that's weird to people. And, and some people are like, what? wait, what? Like, no, I'm okay. But uh, some people are like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Um, other times, you can, uh, I'm just trying to pull examples right now, so sorry about uh, the spaciness of this, but uh, th th there were times when I was at Portland State um, where I'd be sitting down, saw someone uh, needing help with something, get up and help them, and then just say, God bless you as you leave. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you believe in God? It's like, well, yeah, actually I do. And, and, it, and it opens doors for conversation. Uh, does it happen every time? No. Uh, but when we are a person of service and when we have a heart 
uh, that's willing to serve, I think God uses us uh, in great ways. And, 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 he, and he puts people in our path um, so that we can reach those people. Uh, me uh, and our interns and my brother uh, last night, we got to stay the night at a fireworks tent. Uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, I, I'm lying to you. It's not as fun as it sounds. Um, uh, it was pretty fun. It was pretty good. But uh, uh, we're serving a buddy. Uh, he came and he spoke here uh, a few weeks ago. Jamie, who leads Kai Alpha over at Clackamas Community College. We're serving and we're just saying, hey, we want to help you out. And the great thing about it is we had multiple opportunities last night in the parking lot, Clackamas Town Center, after 11 o'clock at night, of people coming up to us. Uh, one guy asked if he could park his car and stay the night there. Uh, another uh, uh, person was just walking by, uh, needed money to buy a Max ticket to get back into town before the last Max left. Uh, and, and, and there was a lady sitting down on the corner, Sam Sar. He went over, he talked with her. Uh, Dan and I were throwing some garbage away. We came back and we had Aaron and John and Sam talking to this guy. And, and I had the opportunity to have people. And we just shared Jesus. Uh, and and, and it, it stems out of this out um, of a heart of service and, and uh, when we share the love of Jesus through service and through uh, our actions uh, people see uh, that we're more than just talk uh, so so often in the world uh, Christians get a bad rap of just talking a talk but not actually uh, following through on anything I was going to be cliche there and say walk the walk but we don't have to be cliche every night um, but but so that, that that's that's the rap we get sometimes as Christians and I wasn't uh, I want to encourage you guys, and I want to encourage myself, and, 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 and I want to be a kind of person who, who doesn't just say the right things, but does the right things, you know? And, and, and I believe when we do that, uh, God uh, says he blesses us, and, and, and the opportunities are there. Uh, the, the guy last night, Roger was his name, uh, he and his wife, uh, they don't have a house yet, uh, and they were seeing if they could park right next to us, because they saw we all had baseball bats, so they knew it would be safe. Uh, and, and, and so they were like, hey, like, this is cool. And we, we told them, well, we don't know if you can stay here. You have to check with security or whatnot. But, hey, we're a part of a church. And we were able to give them a hillside invitation card. And Roger's very words were like, well, you don't be surprised if you see me this Sunday morning. It's just an opportunity to share the love of Christ. And so I just want to encourage you guys, uh, in the littlest things, uh, the littlest things to you might be the biggest things to someone else. And, and, and God will use you uh, in those things. Olivia. What are your names? Uh, Roger, and I don't know what his wife's name was. What was it? Judy. Judy. Roger and Judy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you guys see Roger and Judy on Sunday, we'll introduce you to them uh, and let them know you love them uh, because Christ loves them. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so as we continue uh, just to look through the book of John, um, we kind of come to a a break here at verse 17. Verse 17 uh, ends with Jesus saying, you're blessed. And then he jumps in verse 18 to um, uh, Judas betraying him. And so we're we're not going to go into the whole betrayal side of things tonight. We're going to look at that uh, in the weeks to come. But Jesus Jesus gives us some very uh, clear examples of things to do. Uh, And and I think he gives us some very uh, clear ways uh, that, that he can impact us uh, in our lives. And, and what I'm going to do uh, at this point, I'm going to ask Mariah, she's going to come back up and we're, and we're going to do a little bit more worship here at the end. Um, but I want to ask three questions tonight um, in, in a way of an altar call. Uh, as, as, as we talk about Jesus, as we talk about what he's doing on the cross and in the weeks to come, as, as, as we look and we see uh, what Jesus is going to do. 
Uh, tonight we talked about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, and we talked about what it means to serve. Um, but when it came to that washing, when it came to uh, Jesus doing a work in our lives, uh, it, it's more than just the physical, it's, it's the spiritual side of things as well. Uh, and there may be, uh, statistics would say there probably is, uh, people in the room right now uh, who, who have never said, you know what, Jesus, I want you to wash me completely. I want to give my life to you. Uh, and, and, and I believe there's no time like the present uh, than for us to, to uh, say, you know what, Jesus, I want tonight to be the night uh, where I'm going to follow you. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do is I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to ask you all just to close your eyes. Uh, I don't want anyone looking around. I want this just between uh, you and God. And uh, um, but I want to ask the question, uh, because I believe any time uh, the, the Gospels preached and proclaimed, uh, the, the, there should be an opportunity for a response to the Gospel. So with every uh, eye closed and with every head bowed, uh, if you're hearing this tonight, maybe you're like, I, I don't even know what we're talking about, feet being washed and all that stuff. Uh, but you hear that there's a God, uh, there's a God who loves you, uh, there's a God who cares for you, uh, a God who wants to bless us. And, and, and he says, hey... Let me wash you. Let me wash you. Uh, if, if you've never given you, your heart to the Lord, you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior. Uh, I want you to wash me of all my sins. Uh, if that's you tonight, and, and you want to know uh, without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die tonight, uh, you would spend an eternity uh, with Jesus in heaven. Uh, the Bible tells us that no man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, the Bible also tells us that we're all sinners, uh, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Uh, Romans tells us that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we will be saved. So tonight, if you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, but you want uh, Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you want to give your heart to the Lord and see what he does with it. If that's you tonight, and this is the first time you've ever heard this, or the first time you've made the decision, um, uh, I'm going to give you uh, an opportunity just to say, Jesus, you know what? I want you to be the Lord of my life. If that's you tonight, would you just let uh, myself know so we, so we can pray? Uh, with you, uh, just by raising your hand and saying, you know what, I've never given my heart to Jesus, but I want to give my heart to the Lord tonight. Anyone here? Anyone here? Awesome. Okay. Uh, so, I don't see any hands, which means one of two things. Uh, one would be that uh, we're just saying, you know what, I hear it, but that's not for me. I'm okay with that. I want to let you know, uh, you, you have the choice. You, you, you can make that choice, but here's the thing. Uh, if you were to die tonight and your faith is not in Jesus, uh, there is a very real heaven, but there is also a very real hell. Uh, I, I don't feel like we should use the gospel as a scare tactic, uh, but uh, there is a very real hell. And, and, and to follow Christ uh, is the only way to get out. Now the other uh, uh, outcome that there could be, uh, with no one raising their hands, would be that we've all given our heart to the Lord. When we've all said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Uh, and if that's the case, I think that's awesome, because that means we're all family. And I think that's really cool. And so that leads us into the next question. The next question would be this. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? Uh, Jesus has already washed me. I've already been bathed. Uh, but you know what? My feet might be a little bit dirty. Uh, I, I've been walking around in the dirt for a little bit. Uh, maybe you've been walking out in the dirt for a day. You've got a little bit of dust here and there. Maybe you've been just walking through some nasty mud uh, and your feet are dirty. And you, and you would say, you know what, Jesus? I want you to clean me. 
I want you to wash my feet. I want you uh, to make me whole again. Uh, and God, so that I can be a light and a vessel for you, uh, and, and so that the world can see uh, you through me. Uh, if, if you're here tonight and you just say, you know what, Jesus, I want you to clean me uh, from the inside out, wash me. Uh, and, and whether it's an act of rededicating your life to the Lord, or you're just saying, you know what, I messed up today, and I just want forgiveness. Uh, if that's you, uh, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand, uh, and we're going to pray. So, so one, two, three. All right, all right. Yeah, lots of hands, lots of hands. Uh, let's pray right now, uh, and, and, and let's believe uh, that God will wash us and cleanse us. Dear God, we just thank you so much, God, that you're a God who loves us. God, that you're a God who cares for us. Uh, God, that when we sin, uh, God, you, you already paid the price uh, for our sin, God. And, and, and you forgive us. Your word tells us that you uh, forgive us and you forget our sin as far as the, the east is from the west. And God, we just pray tonight, uh, God, that, that, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, your word tells us if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Uh, God, we thank you that you're faithful. God, we thank you that you're just. God, and we just thank you that you cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. God, may we seek to live holy uh, because you are holy. And God, may we seek to live uh, for you in all that we do. So God, we just thank you. God, I thank you for those who raised their hands, who just said, you know what? Uh, I'm not where I need to be. Uh, and, and God, I want you to clean me. Uh, God, I thank you for them doing that. Uh, so God, we praise you for that. The last question I want to ask uh, is maybe, um, so, so, so you're living for the Lord. Um, maybe you raised your hand and you said, I need to be clean. Well, I believe uh, in faith that uh, God answers that prayer, and, and God cleanses us of our sin right there. Um, but you're like, you know what? I want to serve a little bit more. I, I, I really don't have a, a heart to serve. Uh, or, or maybe you did once, but something has happened, and, and, and you really don't feel like serving that much anymore. But you just want uh, the Lord's heart, uh, a heart that would say, you know what? I'm going to get down in the dirt, and I'm going to serve people uh, because God... I did it, and he said I should do it as well. If you want to have a heart just to serve a little bit more, I know I'm raising my hand for this uh, as well. If that's you tonight, uh, let's just raise our hand right now, and we're going to pray that God gives us a heart uh, to serve. Awesome, awesome. Hands going up everywhere. That's great. That's great. Let's pray. God, we thank you, um, God, that you that you serve uh, us, God, that, that, that you humbled yourself, you lowered uh, yourself, God, to serve us, uh, but not only to serve us, uh, but God, to sacrifice uh, for us so, so, so that we could have relationship with you. Uh, God, I pray that you would give us your heart. God, that you would give us uh, your eyes to see people. Um, God, may we know what it is to serve. God, may we humble ourselves. May we follow your example. May we get down in the dirt. May we serve uh, people, God. May we wash people's feet both physically and metaphorically, God. May we see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as a result of our service uh, to the world, but God, our service to you, because we know that when we lend to those in need, God, we lend to you. So God, give us a heart uh, to, to see uh, people the way you do, God. Uh, may we be your hands. May we be your feet, God. Uh, and, and may we serve. So Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we praise you. Uh, in your holy name we pray. Uh, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're going to worship God tonight. Amen. Mm -hmm.